Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. What's up? Jason Bay here from Outbound Squad. You can call me J-Bay. I somehow convinced and sold the uh, 30 MPC crew to let me hack the show today. They were a pretty easy sell, by the way, between you and me. So what I want to talk to you about is multi-threading. So big problem, right? 78% of reps are single-threaded on deals according to a stat to LinkedIn. And what I want you to think about is how many deals have you lost where you were never able to get access to power? Because user jams and Gong both have really interesting data around one, win rates are 25% higher if we involve more stakeholders. So four, five, six plus people are getting involved in that deal. Our win rates tend to go up. And closed one deals have nearly twice as much stakeholder engagement as closed lost deals. So biggest concern that I hear, and you might relate with this, is people are really worried about going over their champion's head. What if I reach out to that person's VP? or their chief so-and-so, and it alienates them? What if they get offended and it completely shuts down the deal? And the reality of the situation is, I don't know about you, every deal I've lost, one of my biggest regrets was always, we didn't get power involved. And I was too afraid to reach out to the folks or to suggest or push back on the prospect on why we should get more folks involved. The other reality too is that the prospect, no matter what they say, I'm going to go talk to so-and-so. I'm going to run this up the flagpole. They're probably not socializing it as great as you think they are. So what I want to talk to you about in this playbook is we're going to be breaking down how to get to power so that you're never single-threaded on a deal ever again. We're going to do that in about 10 minutes. So first thing that we're going to talk about is the who. So who needs to get involved? And a key principle here is that it's easier to correct than to educate. So I want to come up with a list of people I think should be involved. Two, we're going to talk about the talk track how to have that conversation with your point of contact or your champion. And three, I'm going to give you some plays that you can run to multi-thread effectively. So three, two, one, let's go. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. All right, part number one, the who. So key principle again here, it's easier to correct than to educate. What you want to avoid doing is asking a silly question like this. Uh, hey, David, so who do you think would feel left out if they weren't invited to the next call? 
it makes the prospect to do all of the work. I want to limit the amount of friction in this ask. And I do that by understanding something really important here. Okay. The way the buyer's journey works, there is a awareness, consideration, evaluation, and decision. Okay. That's the buyer's journey. Aware of a problem, I consider ways to fix this. And if this is a priority, I evaluate providers and then I make a decision. What doesn't get talked about is what happens after that post-purchase. In software, it's, well, we said yes, now we have to start and actually launch this thing, right? So what I want you to do is think about yourself as a guide who is not an expert at getting deals to the finish line. You are an expert at helping prospects get a great outcome from your solution, okay? So what you want to think about is who are the key stakeholders that need to get involved in order for the outcome that your solution provides in order to maximize that. So key action item here. I want you to think about the last five to 10 deals that you've closed. And I want you to reverse engineer who was involved and when did they get involved. So think about, for me, a sales enablement manager oftentimes comes inbound. And then we're typically looping in sales leaders and frontline leaders. We're typically looping in a senior person like a SVP or a CRO. And what I want you to do with that information in every deal moving forward is you're going to research in advance of that call, the first call especially, potential stakeholders so that you can ask for them by name in that first call. Because again, it's easier to correct you and say that's not the person than to just educate you on how their buying process works. Step number one. All right. Step number two is the talk track. So the key principle here is we want to sell the outcome, not the deal. I'm going to give you a quick talk track that you can use. So in that first call, especially if it's starting below the line with someone at a director or manager level, you're going to simply ask them, have you evaluated or implemented a solution like this before? If they have, you're going to ask them, how long ago? What were you hoping to accomplish? Who was involved? Right? Get an idea of how that came together. In my experience, that's usually not the case in these first calls is you're usually talking to a buyer that doesn't have a lot of experience buying your solution. So what I want to do is a couple things. Okay, So I'm going to talk, one, social proof. I'm going to say something like this. I'm going to say, hey, great. You know, We've actually gone through this process over a dozen times with sales teams at companies like Medallia, Gong, et cetera. Do you mind if I share how they were able to get their AEs to self-source 30 plus percent of pipeline? And how they got a really great result from a training project like this. Every time I ask that question, it's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so you're going to ask them, would you like to hear how other people like you have accomplished these really awesome results? And you're going to say, hey, from the most successful implementations of our training, what we've seen is that we're typically getting these folks involved. So number two, what you're going to do is validate the stakeholder hypothesis that you created. So the people that you researched that you thought would be a part of the buying process I'm going to talk about how it would be really great to get their perspectives. So I might say something like this. Hey, typically, so what we're doing is getting perspectives of frontline sales leaders. So directors of sales, I noticed that uh, Josh, it looked like heads up the U.S. team, getting his perspective on what the AEs are dealing with right now and what they're experiencing and, and all the struggles we're having with self-sourcing pipelines is going to be really key. Uh, two, we're going to talk to uh, probably an account executive or two to just get like frontline, what are they experiencing? And then three, we're usually getting your SVP, which looks like Katie, or your CRO, Chris, involved at some point because they're going to want to know, how does this align with their strategic priorities over the next six to 12 plus months? Are those the right people? Or do you think that someone is maybe missing from that list? So I'm going to validate 
who I think should be a part of the buying process. The goal here is that I'm coming in as a consultant and I'm guiding them and I'm coaching them on how to get a great outcome for my solution. You're going to find that people are much more receptive when you approach the conversation that way. So that was step number two, the talk track. Step number three is the plays. Okay. So the concept here is I want to warm up the buying committee. All right. So there's three plays I want to walk you through. One is a play that you can run prior to that first call. So let's say I'm meeting with a sales enablement manager. One play that I might run, because I know that we're going to need to get a VP of sales or a CRO involved, is I might reach out to them prior to that call and letting them know that I'm going to have a conversation with someone on their team. And that might sound something like this. Hey, Lindsay, just letting you know we're scheduled to connect with uh, your SDR leaders this Thursday on how Acme can drive more meetings from the 15 BDRs and growing through more effective objection handling and effective messaging. No ask of you here. I'll be sure to provide an update after the meeting. So the key there is I'm probably not going to name drop a ton because that could turn some people off. I'm going to let them know we're meeting with some people on their team, what it's about. I'm going to let them know that I don't have an ask. Super important. The second play that you can run is threading power and keeping them in the loop. So if I reached out to that CRO or VP of sales after that first meeting, I might send an email like this. Hey, I had a productive conversation with so-and-so on your team today about key initiative number one, key initiative number two. And then I'm going to compliment the champion. Just want to let you know, Katie's really on top of her numbers. She's super focused. And it sounds like the SDR team's crushing it right now. We're meeting next week to discuss XYZ. Again, no ask of you here. Wanted to keep you in the loop. So this is a great way to warm up the buying committee to start to loop in other people around the conversation. And this is how you get stuff to really get socialized internally, which is great. So third play is engaging additional stakeholders. So I think one of the big areas that people tend to make mistakes is they get really focused on selling to the group and they don't focus enough on the individuals. So if you do a group call, let's say on that demo and I get sales enabling, a couple sales managers, a director of sales involved, I may figure out like who has a lot of influence here and who would be good to have a one-off conversation with. And we're just going to reach out to them individually through email or through text. I'm just going to say, hey, great meeting you today. Appreciate the insight you shared around XYZ. I was hoping that we could get some time before you meet with everyone again uh, next week. Would love your perspective on what's been the most challenging part from a frontline leader standpoint of getting your account executives to self-source more pipe. You have 15 minutes later today or tomorrow to connect on it. That's it. So those are the, the three parts to this. So quick recap, the who, the big thing is that you need to create a hypothesis of who you think should be involved in the buying process so that when the time comes in that first call, you can suggest people getting involved and you can do it by name because it's easier to correct than to educate. Number two, talk track. I want to sell the outcome, not the deal. So I want to talk to my point of contact and the champion about why it's in their best interest to multi-thread because it de-risks the purchase. It helps them get a better outcome. And then three of the plays. I want to loop in power early. I want to keep power looped in. And I also want to make sure that I take conversations one-to-one. All right, that is all, folks. So if you want more, check out my full multi-threading guide. And we also have a webinar coming up on the topic that's going to be straight fire. So make sure to check that out. Linked up in the show notes.
Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes.